0: All right, hey! Welcome back to the Outer Rim Job, Episode Two: The Deuce. Today on the episode, we're gonna go through Tags Tug session. It's a new, uh, it's a new segment that we're introducing where it's gonna be crew intros. Where for some reason, through the viewer emails or listener emails, you guys want to know something about us, so we'll fucking tell you if you want to know. Uh, and then we're gonna go. We're going to double time over to Donna Schoolhouse. We've got a big one there. We're going to go over BT Avenger slash Sloan. Uh, we kind of lumped the two together because they're almost synonymous with each other. And then we're going to uh, skip on over to Mama Mothma's Glory Hole. And this one's a big one. It looks like it's, it's a big one for like Elephantitis Dick because we've got the FAC and Wave 7 we have to go through. And everything dropped today as of this recording. So we have absolutely all the upgrade cards. All that shit we got to go through. And then we're going to slither on over to how my rim tastes. And this episode, we got Tristan with us. We're going to go over his regional experience. And we've done some Wave 7 gameplay tests. So we're going to go over that for you guys. But first, before we dive right in to the intro music and then, you know, jog over to Tag's Tug Session, we have a report for you. We were patrolling in the outer rim and we heard from... Unknown space? What the fuck do they call in Star Wars? Unknown space? What's beyond the outer rim?
1: The unknown regions.
0: The unknown regions. We heard a transmission from the unknown regions. And it was from the fucking Flesh Star Destroyer. I shit you not. And while we're floating through space out there, we heard Sky Shuffler. It was broken. And it was obviously coming out of a deep, nasty black hole. But he said, all we could hear was, let the past die, kill it if you have to. And then there was some background noise and you could hear what I assume was Dano whining about fucking lack of water for tubs or something like that. And then drunk Tarkin, it sounded like he was breaking glasses, I assume. And then Chase was muttering something about Y-wings, I think. It was all very garbled. And you even heard Rehot, fucking R1HA4, R1H4 robot. And he he sounded like he completely short-wired. It sounded like a fucking Event Horizon situation. And these guys, I think that's it guys. They're not coming back. And uh, I don't know, I'm getting a little emotional right now. I think we got to play one out for them. So let's drop one for our homies right here. Oh man, it's getting me in the mood. Hang on, I got to sing. This is for you, Dano.
2: I will
0: remember you. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Will you remember me? Da, 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 da. Don't let your dad
0: pass you by. It's <laughs> something about memories. All right. To the crew of the flush Star Destroyer.
4: Let's rip a shot,
0: boys. Rip a
4: shot. Everybody raise back. your glass. May they freeze-dry ah. it so it doesn't smell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Space is good for that.
0: Ah. Oh, Ooh. that was tasty.
3: Yeah. that was, that was wow. good. All
0: right. All right, Dane Nasty. Hmm. Let's fucking hit that intro music. Hit it, homie. All right, and here we go into our next session, our next segment, tags tug session. Okay, here we are. We're in tags tug session, and this is one where uh, this was a uh, by our listeners wanted to know more about us, fucking fools. So we'll do that. And hey, let's start off with the guy you didn't hear from last week, Tristan. Tell us a little about yourself.
1: Well. I've been playing Armada since the grand beginning many, many, many years-ish ago. Um, played 40k way back in the day, but...
0: Yeah, Tristan's actually Grandpa. We call him Grandpa around here.
1: Back in my day! Get off my lawn! Nope, but, um, play primarily Imperials, uh, do a couple tournaments here or there. Um, I'm generally not fond of squadrons, and aside from that, I find Armada to be a fantastic game.
0: Nice. And next, we're going to go to Matt. Matt, tell us a little about yourself. Well, uh, I've been uh,
5: buying Armada since it came out, the core set. <laughs> I haven't actually been playing um, until about a year ago. I just kind of looked at my all my pretty plastic spaceships, and I just decided I need to start playing with these. They can't just be sitting here collecting dust. Otherwise, that's just really expensive
1: dust. But it is high-quality dust.
5: Oh, yeah, it's high-quality. But, uh, yeah, it's... I ran into these guys, started playing at uh, some local places, and this is just uh, another step in my long, slow descent
0: into uh, miniature gaming. All right, Matt, thank you. Now we're going go to go to Brian. Brian, spew
3: about yourself. Who I would love to spew. Um so I started playing X-Wing about two and a half years ago, and after getting into X Wing, I very quickly got into Armada. And then once I started doing Armada, I kinda left X Wing behind me in the dust. Um been playing Armada competitively pretty much since the start. Um took me a while to get good, but I'm pretty decent now. It's been about Oh man, I started right before wave three. So because I, re- I remember when Wave 3 and 4 came out, that was like a huge deal right after Gen Con two years ago.
0: Who's your senpai, Brian? Oh, you are my senpai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty proud of Who? Brian. I feel like he's my fucking Padawan. <laughs> I've, I've, I've brought him along, and he's, he's one of the better players in Metro Detroit now.
3: Yeah, I remember reaching out on our little local Facebook group and then meeting in some dank little dungeon basement in ann arbor and just getting the shit kicked out of me not knowing what the fuck i was doing oh that Um, that fucking place too that was
0: awful like that sweat (laughs) nerd dungeon dude and there was those fuckers (laughs) playing 40k right next to us with their fucking nerd wizard tomes oh it was awful
3: so i was just a a little baby seal climbing out from under the ice just getting the shit clubbed out of me for a little while and uh (laughs) i evolved into a a master lumberjack seal clubber So.
0: (laughs) And it was You're adorable
3: too. It can happen to you too.
0: Oh yeah, I saw his dewy, dewy little seal eyes poking out from the ice, and I <laughs> and I felt pity for the first time in my entire life. And I didn't club him, and I dragged him out of those, <laughs> dragged him out of the ice. Well, hold on, you, you did club him. It, it well, just wasn't of okay. a lethal <laughs> was- variety. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was more of like a, with a wiffle bat like he just had a really big yeah headache afterwards. it wasn't
3: like the big barb club we use at tournaments right no. <laughs> but uh i I mostly stick to imperial but i'll I'll play some rebels from time to time um I'm a big fan of Sato and the Liberty to be honest it's what I do in pretty much every wow. campaign so that I do rebels because it's that's what you do in the Karelian campaign you do shit that's not competitive right
0: <laughs> but yeah. Is it, in a way that's so. competitive there? All right. That was, that was Brian. Now let's go. Our fucking tech wizard, the guy that really runs all this shit. Dane nasty. Tell us about
4: yourself. Motherfucker. All right. Well, uh, my name's Dane, obviously. Um, I've been playing the game since the beginning. Um, this is the first game I've ever like really played competitively. I, uh, played it with buddies and stuff for, I don't know, like a year or two. When I first, my first tournament, uh, was just after wave three dropped, I believe. Um, and one thing I just want to point out is for anybody out there that's listening and is, you know, maybe playing and really into the game, but uh, maybe a little nervous to go to tournaments, you're worried about, you know, maybe getting your, you know, getting your ass kicked or whatever. Um, you know, I went to my first tournament and uh, it, it was a ton of fun. Um, I ended up playing Bill in the last round at the top table. And I think I beat him in a 6-5 or something. It was really close. Um and I ended up getting like third second or third in my first tournament. And, that sounds
0: uh, like fucking fake news, done. by the way.
4: That there's no way that's, <laughs> that's fake news. I'm pretty sure I beat
0: you. No, nope, that doesn't um, sound right at all. I don't remember that. Well, it happened. Um <laughs>
4: Um But anyway, um, you just want to encourage everybody, you know, don't be worried about going out and, you know, getting your ass kicked. Who cares if you get your ass kicked? The game's fun anyway. And uh so, you know, I encourage everybody to get out and play tournaments and See who's playing in your your local area. So, uh, that first does you know, not Migos, kill you; makes you stronger. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I I play both rebels and imperials. I do tend to lean rebel in in larger tournaments. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of about it.
0: Thanks, Dane. Bill. All right, I guess I'll talk about myself now. I'm Bill. I'm fucking king shit in Metro Detroit. Uh, <laughs> do you think you are. <laughs> At least Some I think I <laughs> 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 In my own mind, I'm the fucking master. But uh, that's no, where it I truly just, matters, I, right? Well, that's really, it's all about me. Let's just, let's be real about this. Um, I got into fucking nerding two years ago. On, actually, this month is my two year anniversary playing Armada.
1: Oh Congratulations, Aww. Thank you. Bill. Congratulations. We should have baked tonight. a cake.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the. Uh, like a, like a dick uh, cake. <laughs> <laughs> shit, cake. I gotta gobble in one fucking fell swoop.
4: Right. Um
0: so before that, I don't fucking know from nerding, man. I didn't do anything nerd wise. Like this is my first dip in my toe into this whole thing. Like I, I didn't know from this whole world. Uh I come from a a very different background. Something very different from any of this. And um I just got hooked. I have an addictive personality and I just uh I've always been kind of into Star Wars, but I didn't realize how much I was into it until I started playing like Armada. And um I just got hooked immediately like fuck. So January 2016 is when I started by March, I'd already dropped like probably a $1000 and fucking bought everything <laughs> in in triplicates. <laughs> and I was I was balls deep in. Like I was I was in a tournament by Either end of January or early February. Like, that's when they were doing the store tournaments, the store championships there. And, um, you know, I've been pretty much hooked ever since. Um, and I play a few other things. Uh, but Armada's still number one. Uh, we'll see what happens with Legion. So, uh, yeah, that's enough about me. Uh, so, now for our next segment, we are going to, it's a big one, we're going go to Dodana Schoolhouse. And we're going to be talking about BT Avenger and Sloan. So let's jog on over to Dodana's fucking schoolhouse.
2: You're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. A small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate Princess Leia...
0: All right, here we are. Papa Dodonna called us in again, and we're talking about BT Avenger slash Sloan. Now, we lumped in BT Avenger with Sloan because they're almost synonymous with each other.
3: i did go ahead and it... cut you off real quick, Bill, uh, yep. just in case you're like a super noob and you don't know what BT is. It's boarding troopers.
4: Oh, thank you very much, Brian. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. And one thing I want to do uh, th- this week is as we talk about these things, we're going to we're gonna actually read out the the text of the cards. Um so this is us listening
0: you know, to list uh, popular, to listener fucking emails thanks by the way mm-hmm. yeah so we um, as
4: we it. we're, we're going to kind of go through the archetype real quick and then we're going to come back and talk about what upgrades are on what ship and when we do that we will read the cards aloud to you guys so you know exactly what we're talking about all right so what does boarding troopers do brian
3: um when you reveal a command you may discard a squadron dial or token and this card To choose one enemy ship at close range, choose and spend a number of its defense tokens up to your squadron value. Okay. And then that pairs
0: with Avenger, which is an ISD. And what does Avenger do?
3: For Avenger, when you are attacking enemy ships, they cannot spend exhausted defense tokens. So,
0: as you guys are veteran listeners, you already know the power of this. But for new listeners, you just put those two things together and that already tells you, especially if you're on your activation what boarding troopers now they'll let you know an isd one and two for that matter have a squadron value of four every ship no there's no ship that has more than four defense tokens so you are exhausting every single one of those defense tokens so when you fire with avenger everything's hitting and they're spending no defense tokens it's just blasting right through and then we coupled it with sloan In this podcast, so let's just say right off the top, what is Sloan's ability?
3: Sloan says, when a friendly squadron without rogue is attacking, it may spend one die with an accuracy icon to choose and spend one of the defender's defense tokens. While attacking a ship, it may also re-roll one die with a crit icon.
0: Yeah, so this was very much geared towards like a TIE swarm, but we found there's all sorts of different archetypes you can do. Brian's got a really interesting one he's going to talk about in a little while here that he's ran at a couple different regionals to pretty good success. Um, so we're going to go into that. So let's just dive right into it. I will say about Sloan and Boarding Trooper Avengers, it is not the fucking hex on the Armada world that 2 plus 3 Gallon Haven though everything we went over in that last in episode one, it is not that. It is not unbeatable. It can be a motherfucker. Absolutely. It is. It could be a motherfucker, but it is not. It is not uh, Yavars Galen Haven. It, it just isn't. And it also, plays why.
1: distinctly different. So even if you're yes. up against it, you're going to have generally a little bit more of a fun time playing against it because it's going to have different options and things are going to move quicker than the Rebel version.
0: Right. Absolutely. And even when we talk about Wave Seven later in the episode, uh, it's it's actually gotten a little stronger with some of the upgrades, I believe. But it is still. It is still not Gallenhaven. Haven, uh, two plus three. It's funny we keep talking about, like, what all that sh- like we keep changing the name of that list archetype, and I can't even settle on one. Can you guys? I
4: mean, yeah, I know.
1: Well, I, I th-
0: it's
4: I think Gallen Haven and Yavaris. Thing is Gallenhaven Haven Yavaris.
0: Yeah, and two plus three is in Gallenhaven and Yavaris plus three other ships, and then they're a bunch of a bunch of aces with double braces. Yeah.
4: We yep. covered that last week. We don't need to get in too deep to what that is. We you know we, we know what that is. Right, right, right. Uh, I, just,
0: I just want to try to clarify so we don't I, – I keep saying – I feel like I keep saying different things every time I bring it up. Yeah, fair enough. So, anyways. Yeah. So, we're going to talk to you about what it looks like, what, what, what um, a lot of Sloan lists look like, maybe bills that we've done ourselves for it, and the counters to it. So, how about – let's go with Tristan here on this one. Tristan, what is, what would you say is like an average Sloan, not, e- not even necessarily including BT Avenger, list that you've seen?
1: So I don't run Sloan a lot, but I've played around with it and also played against it. Uh, the two main variations I see are like what Brian will, uh, runs and what he'll probably talk about, which is uh, a Sloan Star Destroyer, a Quasar, a couple uh, uh transports, and then, um, a bunch of defenders with, of course, Merrick and Jendin. Uh, Merrick uh, has the ability to set one of his bomber dice to a crit, I believe. And then Jendin is the uh, unique lambda that allows you to uh, allow another fighter, even if it's already shot, to shoot again. Uh, so they're a nasty pair. Um, the other option, and what I've seen consistently, is a lot of scatter aces. So you've got Fel, Sienna... Uh, Howl Runner, Mithil, all the three hull ties um, that are a little bit cheaper than Defenders or about the same type uh, or same cost as Defender, but being unique with those uh, scatters. Um, and then being used to basically clear the skies and then chip in a little bit uh, against ships with uh, Sloan's uh, nice uh, upgrade to fighter attacks on ships, anyway.
4: Sure. And, and one of the nice things about, you know, with the scatter aces, the reason you're using them isn't necessarily for their abilities even though obviously those are nice but the thing you're after is just the scatter token and the defense tokens to help keep those low health squadrons mm-hmm. alive um, you know so obviously you, when you want to have them go up against ships after they kill the fighters uh, Sloan makes your ships more effective or your fighters more effective against ships uh, you can re-roll those misses and do something with the uh, with the accuracy
5: and, and typically you want the, uh, either interceptors or defenders. Cause those are the guys that have the uh, blue anti-ship dice.
4: Yeah. Well, anything with a blue anti-ship dice, that's tie fighters, that's interceptors. That's, uh, I mean, technically it's lambdas as well. Yeah. Uh, defenders. Defenders. You um,
1: do see occasionally the, uh, uh, whisper and the, um, phantoms occasionally with the double red.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, cause you can still use the other ones. Um, You know, black dice, it doesn't really do, Sloan doesn't really do anything for you at all. Um, But even red dice, it can can still be helpful. Although I think the only one with red dice is um, the i Phantom. Yep. Yes. All
0: right. So that's kind of like an example of like a sloan list. Now let's Mm -hmm. go on the other end and just do a BT Avenger. Now, while they're too synonymous with each other, they're not always together. And I, I personally have examples. I In the last two regionals at Ohio and Michigan, I ran BT Avenger with no slow. I did pretty minimal squadrons, honestly. I, I ran it with Gergera. And my whole point was to, as, most of the time, go first, unless I saw a token fucking list. And then I would choose to go second, just so I don't get burnt uh, on the amount of points they're going to get before I can even get to them. So my list was um, six... Nope, five, five activations. It was three Gazantes demo, and an ISD-1 with boarding troopers. And Gergerod was the commander. And Gergerod is excellent
3: for... You had a Raider, too.
0: Yeah, so that... Well, that was the first iteration. That was in Ohio.
3: Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. play you in Michigan, so... Yeah, that, yeah, oh, that's right, that's right.
0: So, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. the first iteration was in Ohio. And then I switched it out because I didn't feel like I did enough with the Raider. And I was saving myself more points. And then the second iteration of the list uh, was at Michigan had the three Gazantes Demo and BT Avenger. And BT Avenger would go in there and with Gergerod, you exponentially increase your chances of getting a double arc, which you really want, especially against a large base ship, to one-shot it. And that's what BT Avenger is very good for, is one-shotting it's most certainly small and medium base ships and with some good rolls, you can also take down a large base ship, especially if you soften up the shields before you get there. The hull zone that you're going to hit. So, uh, that's like a, a a kind of version that I ran. Um, do you guys have anything that is BT Avenger uh, based, l- focused that's not necessarily Sloan?
3: I haven't done anything personally, but I mean, I feel like you don't necessarily need Sloan, like if you just have BT Avenger on its own.
0: Yeah, you absolutely don't. I mean I I, I used it without.
3: I, I think we're gonna start seeing it a little bit more um once the new Star Destroyer comes out, the Kuat refit, even though it only has a squadron value of two, the the only reason that's there is totally to, to push away BT Avenger and Sloan. But I mean if you get um you know if you lock down the the brace and the redirect and you leave them one redirect, like it's still gonna do a ton of damage.
0: Yeah, it's still gonna fucking hurt really bad
1: right and also because it is a, a star story, you're going to get three red and two blue and you're going to have a decent shot of getting an accuracy if you're going to lock mm-hmm. down that third useful token assuming a ship uh whatever targeting whatever ship you're targeting has one
4: sure and they don't have ecms which is electronic countermeasures uh lets you spend a defense token that was targeted by an accuracy by exhausting it um you'll see that a lot we'll talk about ecms constantly it's, it's, a, it's a pretty common upgrade um I think the point is though with with BT Avengers that it doesn't really need anything else in the list to make it work. Yeah. It's kind of a solo thing. It, it goes in, it blows up their defense tokens and then does a ton of damage that they can't do anything about. And that's good anywhere.
3: And on on a certain level if you don't take boarding troopers and you just have Avenger with Sloane, that could be good too if you're going to use your squadrons to attack ships.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because boarding troopers, I'll say, boarding troopers and Sloan, in essence, overlap on their abilities somewhat.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Sure.
1: Although the nice thing is Sloan does let you
4: spend a defense token. So if you've already flipped them all over with boarding troopers, you can then discard them with Sloan. True. Yeah. Um, or, or vice like, versa.
0: Yeah, like Brian does with his uh, Avenger uh, defender list. Like, he'll actually... Um, I think he's, it, like, like, I think he's done before, and I've seen done before, like, the, uh, uh, oh, what do they call it? Defenders. The Defenders, like, exhaust yeah. the tokens, and then when the Avenger moves in, it actually spends what they got left. So even if they somehow survive that round, they don't have fucking shit left for defense tokens after that anyways.
4: Exactly. Like, they're just all melted away. And you can do that. It doesn't matter what order you do that in. Um, you're still going to be able to pull their defense tokens off if they survive that long. I mean. Let's be honest, there's not a lot of ships that without using defense tokens can take that, you know, the full front arc of a of an ISD.
1: About the only ones that can are another ISD and the Mon Cal large ships. Right, but e- but even
0: then their weak point is they're only eight hull and I've I've one shotted a full shield, full hulled M C eighty before. As long as
4: long as you get the double arc with an ISD one, you can you can do it, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. It is ridiculous, Um, and you know this is one of those things that's absolutely accentuated, just like Demolisher is, by going first and last, or last Mm and first, I should say. Yep. Um, Which now with Price coming out, and I feel like with you know being these upgrades, we haven't kind of talked about all of them yet, but I think we should probably talk about them here. I think Price pairs very well with a boarding troopers Avenger.
0: Yeah, we can do a little preview. Yeah. I mean, we'll still talk about, well, we, we talked about price last episode, but like even, yeah, we I'm did. Say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We, time. we really, we, we really dragged her through the hook and yeah, we did. last time. So if she, she, if she had any like uh good qualities about her, they're, they're gone
4: now. Yeah. But one thing, um, and, and you know, this is kind of getting into some way seven stuff, which maybe we maybe can talk about later, but you, you got to be careful. Well, we can, we can bring it in a little bit. We can pepper. Yeah, so you got to be careful when you're using price you know to jump in last so that you can do a bt avenger you need to make sure that you pick the right round i mean if you, if you pick too late you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble I and mean, we'll talk about this more in in the wave seven our, our reaction to that but um you know the point is price is a is thing that could really allow you to get that last first To just it almost allows you to just delete one of their best ships which is is really powerful absolutely and we keep alluding to Brian's list. Brian, just real quick, t- tell us
0: what you've been running uh, for, for a while now, past couple of regionals.
3: Um, so the basic thing is that you have an ISD. I I go with an ISD too. Um, and then I have my squadron complement, which is Merrick, Jendon, uh typically four defenders. And then I've been tinkering around with different things. Like um, I've taken Vader. I've taken um, Valen Rudor. But – Essentially, it's just a bunch of Defenders with Merrick and Jendon. And I've tinkered around with different things, but when, since we're talking about Avenger, um, when I go with Avenger, basically what I try to do is because the Defenders are all bomber, with Sloan, every single side of the die does something so depending on what i'm trying to do if i want to try to fish for accuracies you know if i roll a crit with a bomber i can re-roll it to try to get an accuracy with uh, merrick i can set one to a crit to try to re-roll it to get an accuracy if i don't get it and i'll try to use the defenders to fish for those accuracies to try to burn down the defense tokens and then come up with the isd and just kill whatever i'm shooting at
0: yeah, the idea with defenders is, too, there's no drawback to re that crit, because even if you, no matter what you re-roll
3: to, it's going to do something. It's, it's, it's going to do something. It's either going to do a damage, and sometimes, I mean, they end up spending defense tokens anyway. Like, if you have, depending on what you're shooting, um, they might redirect, and if they redirect, that's the same thing. They took a damage, and they redirected it. So that's even better in some cases, you know. Um Sure. It's, it's very... I guess there's sort of like it depends on what you're trying to do it depends on how the game's going but bottom line is it's, it's dirty
4: <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, and i think one of the things you kind of found and, and the reason you went to that was you kind of found that you know boarding troopers was kind of redundant right i mean that was kind of the yeah that you just didn't need it and you'd rather have those longer range blue dice i'd rather take the like, gunnery team or something exactly because then you can maybe do it to two ships i mean the other thing, and I don't think you have this in your list, but it would certainly work well is if you put a, a bomber command center in there somewhere. Yeah. Um which could let you re-roll like maybe again those uh those blue dice with the with the defenders. That gives you a lot of versatility. And I've done it with all kinds
3: of, you know, uh Ghazanis in there. I've done it with the Quasar, trying different things. Um it's nice because the ISD can be a carrier if it needs to. Um, I've toyed around with both boosted comms and expanded hangar bay. Um, I think boosted comms is a little better because the defenders go speed five and you can really fling them around. And um, there's been a lot of games where I've taken it from a, a six five win to an eight three or a nine two, just because the defenders get to go in and just chew everything up in round five and six. You can't escape them.
0: Yeah, because they're so fucking fast. They're speed five. It's, and boosted comms, you're always whack. You're always. Hanging them, especially with
3: Jenden out there, it's disgusting. Yeah,
4: and you're going to run into that again when you're fighting sloan I mean, when you're fighting a sloan list, they're—I mean, even if they're tie fighters, they're still speed four, so they're going to be able to probably
0: going to be the Merrick Jenden combo in there. That's like that's a huge almost part for of, sure. Yeah, the sloan thing is the Merrick Jenden combo.
3: The only thing you got to watch out for if you lose Jenden, that that that's a big thing because Merrick, with his anti-ship dice, is two blues. When you do it with Jenden, it's like having three defenders essentially attack ships. It's not it's not as equal as it is against squadrons, but if you have Merrick attack a ship twice, it's like having three extra defenders. Okay. So don't lose Jenden.
1: Say so we'll get into what I brought for the Michigan regionals later on. But um, in testing prior to go to regionals, I had been practicing with a Imperial MSU small ship list. That had done pretty well in the past, uh, but after running up against a couple Sloan lists, uh, the Merrick-Gendon combo will eat small ships, like one small ship a turn. So a Flotilla will die, a Raider will die, a CR-90 will die, and it's just a nasty combo against small ships if you can get it to uh, routinely hit one another, or uh, uh, hit back-to-back. Sure,
4: and one of the nice things, and this kind of only really applies with Merrick, I think, you can, if you're attacking a flotilla, you can spend their defense token when you spend one of the dice, still do a damage with the other dice, or die, and they can't spend that token because you've yep. spent it. Yep. Uh, yes. And that's an important thing to know. It, you know, it comes up against flotillas with Merrick, but that's not where this really comes up. Where this really comes up <clears throat> is when a Sloan fighter is attacking a squadron. Yep. So they can fighters. do. Yeah, and they can do this exact same thing. They can spend an accuracy to spend your defense token, and then you can't use it, um, and the rest of the dice still hit you as normal. Um, I I kind of disagree with this ruling. I don't think it should be this way.
0: I completely agree with you, Dane. I, I think it's kind of
4: bullshit. That it's the, total it's, bullshit. And this part it, of it, I think... It's pretty ridiculous. Banned. But that's the way it was ruled.
0: Well, whatever. So we live with it. And even with this ruling, it is still not... It is still not the pariah that uh, Gallen Haven Yavars two plus three.
4: No, because I mean, because you can still shoot at it. I mean, it, it's yeah. you know, it's still you can still shoot at it. Yeah, it's because that's the that's the real problem with the with the GH Yavaris list is that you just the squads are basically invulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and this is not the case with Sloan. I mean, there's in fact, it's almost the other way. Is you know, your traditional Sloan list. I I don't know if I want to say that because I don't even see this a lot, but it's the thing I first thought of, anyways. was just tons of tie fighters um and i've used it with sloan and it's very good um just because the amount of models you have i mean you can
1: just throw a lot of dice at things i'll say one of one of the local players here in michigan has been trying out a uh 14 tie fighter sloan list as of late jeff yeah jeff Hmm. for anybody that doesn't know his name's
0: jeff and he's and he's an asshole
4: I <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, love you, Jeff.
5: Uh, actually, he's probably the nicest guy in our gaming group.
4: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, he's easily <laughs> the quietest, most nicest guy. But that motherfucker—he he brings it when he <laughs> when he brings that fucking fistful of ties, he just throws them down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just mainly going into the the as. Dane was pointing out the bucket full of ties works quite effectively with sloan but they are in fact ties and thus can die like ties
4: yeah so one thing and this kind of goes you know when, when you're playing with sloan um or when you're playing against sloan you need to be aware that like, the plan with sloan usually is to take sloan's fighters and annihilate your fighters first um i mean that's gonna be the, the you know any fighter list that's usually what you want to do but so, typically in a Sloan list, you're going to see that Quasar, it's going to have flight controllers, probably expanded hangar bays, um, and, and maybe what, and then maybe it. May it. Um, if you're running a tie swarm version, you may see Stronghold, which makes the ties obstructed when you attack them, which mm-hmm. makes it a little gallon ish, but not as broken.
0: I was going to say, I um, mean, a Quasar cannot take the beating fucking, a fucking assault frigate too can. Like, it's not even close. God, no. Oh, no.
4: No, it yeah. doesn't have an evade. It doesn't have ecm that's another big
1: one Like the quasar. Construction melts, is hugely yeah. different compared to just automatically removing a damage. Sure. And it doesn't have the guns that the assault frigate does either.
4: I mean, I know that that's not a huge part of the other list, but it does make a difference. Oh, for sure. So sure. yeah, and what you what you want to do, again I, I think we've kind of mostly covered what what Sloan and BT Avenger typically is, right? Yeah, is so let's
0: let's else? let's let's slide into let's let's pivot over to Counters to this list. So, say, let's say in your local meta, Sloan slash BT Avenger or BT Avenger on its own or Sloan on her own are the fucking scourge of your area. And you just keep getting the fucking brakes beat off of you every time you go out there. We're going to give you some hard counters to this list. And they're m- much better than the Gallant Haven ones because these ones I feel can be used against other lists as well. It's not, you don't have to specialize so much to beat sloan or bt avenger really don't as much as you would for the others uh, who wants to start who who would like to put out a counter list out there or
3: counter ideas well your your one list that, that i played against you that we were toying with was with all your bombers and um yes. ruthless strategist and whatever you want to talk oh about god that one. That yeah list. all right
0: so I'll... <laughs> 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 it was sick but the thing is that list only wins like a with a six five or a seven like I never got a big win. out. I think the biggest win I got out of it was like an eight because it just so. All right. Let me pull it up here. I just remember my fighters <clears throat> like bursting into flames horribly.
3: <laughs> so wondering. maybe it's not a, a necessarily a great counter or a good idea. But I mean, you ground up all of my defenders. Yeah, it absolutely works. So this is the list.
0: And I got this off of a there's a guy. He's from Poland. His his uh his screen name is PT106, and I met him at Worlds a couple of times. Really, really nice guy. And he has oh, he always has like really interesting ideas for imperialists, like sometimes kooky ones. And he loves to run with no squadron. And then he put this out here, and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm gonna run with this. So it's two Kazantis. One is bomber command. One's Hondo. And actually, I think this is actually a version that I I modified. So it's pretty much based off of PT106's. So it's a Quasar 2. So the Quasar 2 gives you a red die for your anti-squadron, which is the only ship in the game that gives you red die anti-squadron. So you can reach squadrons at, at the furthest length of the dial uh, that our game has. And on it, it's boosted comps, flight controllers, ruthless strategists, Motti. Because I, I just, with messing with it, I, I couldn't find anything better than Motti. And he's, I know he's an easy, boring answer, but honestly... Sometimes he's just the only answer. And then it has Agent Kallis <laughs> it's
1: never a bad thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in this one, cuz that that one I put a Vic 2 on, I hadn't tested yet.
1: I say also Ruthless Strategist allows you to do one yep. damage to one of your fighters to do one damage automatically to your opponents and that yes. is not avoidable by scatter or any defense tokens or any other shenanigans.
3: Good good point. Um, right and that's that's while your ship is flanking it's while your ship is doing anti squadron attacks
4: right so and we also mentioned callus callus yeah. allows you to add a die of any color while you're attacking a unique squadron which is not just heroes or or leaders it also covers things like black squadron yeah your genuine... squadron
0: yeah rogue yes. saber whatever whatever's got a name with a little dot in front of it that's unique exactly so in this list, so I'll go back to the one that I've actually used before. It had three Gazantes. The third one was naked. Uh, it had Demo with APTs, Intel officer, and ordnance experts. And the Quasar two was the same. So the fighter squadron or the fighter complement is the big part of this. So it had Tempest in there because it can take advantage of the bomber command center. And he's uh, he has five hull which is huge in this list, it's all about hull because I'm bleeding my yeah. squadrons to burn yours down. So I need... And Tempest is
4: hull. the... Yeah, Tempest is the unique version, generic unique version of the TIE Advanced. So it also yes. has escort. Yep. And But his his big thing is
0: he's bomber. Right. So he gets the... the On the black die, he gets the hit crit. And then it has four TIE Bombers, Gamma and Major Rhymer. Now Gamma Squadron the only thing different about Gamma Squadron, I think it only costs one point more, is it's not heavy.
4: So it can tie shit down. And it has grit as well. Yeah, just oh, just that's right. It grit. So
3: grit is where if you're only locked down by one squadron, you can leave. Which is a very,
0: a lot of people don't even use it or they forget about it while they're playing. It's, it's been around it's
1: for a long time. Underrated, but it, it is very useful.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's one of those, I think it's one of those things that like you got to remember you have it, but like you can't really plan to use it. It's just sometimes it's helpful.
0: And so the rest with Major Rhymer, and Major Rhymer since the fact, he allows everybody within distance one of him to attack a ship at close range. Before he was medium range, and it was fucking ridiculous, and it was a it was a fact that, uh, or no, it was an errata. It was an errata that needed to happen. So, but yeah. he's still actually very good.
1: Still amazing. Part of the mass errata that came out of the uh, hole, anti Acehole, uh, anti Ryken, anti Rymer, anti Demo.
4: The great armada culling.
1: The, yeah, the culling. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's really the only time
4: they've ever actually nerfed anything. So far.
0: Uh, right. Yeah,
4: well, yeah, so far. But yeah, it needed to happen.
0: But honestly, and since then, I haven't seen Reimer fucking anywhere, but I'm telling you, he's still very good. Like, especially mm-hmm. with all yeah, these bombers, is. I you need to be a, have to be, be able to be back at close range just to fit them all in to attack mm-hmm. a single arc. So anyway, and then it had Mauler and two decimator. So the two decimators have a decimator has eight hull and they're rogue and counter one. And they shoot three blue die anti-ship. These things are fucking, they're actually amazing. Um, I've never messed with them before this list and the Quasar has squall on it. So the purpose of squall is squall drags ships or it drags squadrons like FCT does, right?
4: Yeah. Except it happens when you first activate and you can go a little bit further. There's yeah. just some different rules with if it. It
1: gives you a free couple ticks of a move. Yeah,
4: I think you can go distance one to two, but they can't end engaged. Right. Which is a little different than <laughs> FCT, where you can't start engaged. And that's the whole point of Squall, is to keep dragging these decimators into
0: the fight, because they're only speed three, and while everything else you have is speed four. So the whole point of the list is just, I swamp your fighters, and I ruthless strategist the shit out of them. And... I've yet to go against a fighter wing, especially a slow one that doesn't melt within two rounds.
3: Even with defenders. Even with defenders,
0: yeah, I, I fucking burn through defenders fast. The only problem with that is, is that by the time what I have left and what you have left, is can I chase down your ships with my bombers? Because they're the ones really doing the massive damage. I mean, Demos in there, but he can only do so much. And that's where the list kind of like, I've never gotten a big win out of it. I don't know. I don't even know if I've lost with it, but like. It seems to average around a 6 or a 7 more than it does like a 9 or a 10 or an 8 even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is an interesting counter that you guys could use or you could think about using. And it's highly effective on yeah. Sloan.
4: Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it depends on what kind of Sloan you're running up against, you know, to determine what kind of counter. I mean, if they're doing the mass ties, you know, or, or even, you know, mass leaders ties, AA is a great way to fight it. Uh, yeah, three hull tie fighters go down to double blue aa especially if there's torn far around really fast and spoiler alert uh, there's
0: some fucking nice new upgrades coming out in wave seven that's going to even
4: amplify that shit absolutely so i think aa is your best bet against them um for the most part uh Could- if they have defenders that kind of changes a little bit and you need to go with more of a traditional uh anti-squadron approach where you need to have fighters more to back up. Um, uh, but I mean, I, and I, again, haven't tested this particular thing yet, but I think against a tie swarm, you could maybe get away with almost only AA. um, maybe, yeah, I still get hit with a what lot. I mean, it ones. really depends, man. Like that's,
0: that's a lot of yeah, eggs, especially I, if you're not tying them down at all. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. you're not going to have any defense tokens left and like, you're going to be fucking wrecked.
4: Yeah. That's a good point. So you still need a little bit just to hold them there.
0: Something like okay well our our fucking uh our our, you know our our podcast expert on sloan brian like what do you fucking hate to see like when you're running your sloan defenders and you look across the table you're like oh fuck
3: that's a good question (laughs) um i mean obviously you know ghu virus but uh other than that i mean it's it doesn't necessarily do great with other sloan lists all the time. Um, I mean, defenders are—they're good, but they're not invincible. Um, so, I mean, if you—if you've got like a really good anti-fighter complement, I feel like I pretty much have to go first and just sort of go out and just whittle you down a little bit. I don't know. I—I I, I don't like seeing. I guess mirror lists. It doesn't. It doesn't exactly make me feel comfortable.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, for wh- when I first started playing the game, like, first year, especially talking about mirrorless, like, I, and I played, like, I played exclusively Rebel for the longest time, and I just now started playing Imperial this past, like, early summer, late spring. When I would go against Rebel on Rebel list, I had the hardest fucking time in the world, man. For whatever reason, my brain could not get around like how a list works while I'm trying to use a list myself. I've since figured it out, but it took me a really fucking long time. So I could totally understand, like, if you see something across from you that's very similar, just being like, like it gets right in your OODA loop, and you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, and your fucking brain short haywires, and you just start making dumb mistakes, you know.
4: So yeah, and what you need to do is look at the and find the differences in your list in their list, you know, see what those are, and then try and take advantage of that. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's a lot easier said than done. A big thing too with me is um, I I play my objectives. So it's
3: typically things I can score points for hitting ships with my defenders. Right. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it depends on if I'm going first or going second, like, um, but generally I, I, I don't think I like seeing heavy squadron lists with my list. Fewer squadrons are better. Cause then I can fully, fully use my defenders just to wipe out ships. Yeah. You want to run rampant on their ships. That's what they're best at. They're not, bad against squadrons but I think defenders are absolutely made for
4: ships. No, I don't know if I agree with that cuz I mean they're very versatile. They're really good against squadrons too. But
3: I just I just think what they're best at, you know, like they have a they have sure. a, a lot of hull, six hull, uh two blue, two black anti-squadron dice. Um but I just feel like if you go against the squadron list, yeah, you can grind them up, but you're going to be down to like Three maybe two hull left on your defenders, yeah, which a ship can easily
4: take out. Mm-hmm. I, I think the tie swarm version or the or the uh, scatteraces is probably a better variant of that list for going after other people's fighters. Yeah, because uh, those hull have abilities that are geared towards fighters, you know? mm-hmm. whereas none of yours. I mean, yeah, defenders are still good against fighters, but you know, two tie fighters are better at anti-fighter than one defender. All right, well, let's
0: let's pivot over to just a straight BT Avenger list. Yeah, sure. Tristan or Matt, do you guys have something, because I know you both have faced this, if I haven't played you, somebody else has, that you have a good defense against a (laughs) BT Avenger, a good counter to it, or at least a, or even just a, a philosophy. Like
1: how you would approach it. I feel so as of late. Oh go ahead. Oh,
5: so if it's if it's just uh like a pure like Avenger list and not, not, not like Sloan where they have a heavy fighter cover.
0: No, I'm talking about like something like something like my yeah. list, where I only had like six squadrons and their their whole purpose was to kill fucking Merrick anyways, and they're just like interceptors and high fighters or whatever. But it was five activations or yeah, five was, activations. You know, just try just trying to get in at you. Oh, yeah. And it's Georgia Rod. It's not slow. Yeah. Uh, I,
5: I Against that, I kind of felt a bomber list could do some work. Sure. Like heavy bombers. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you don't have much to tie them down. And then after that, they can just get to work and all you got to really worry about is just dodging that ISD arc.
1: Right. For example, you can sacrifice a ship if necessary to, if, if you're still, if you're on the rebel side and you're running Riken, plunk a CR-90 or a flotilla right in the path of BT Avenger and cackle as the rest of your fleet uh, avoids it. Um, if you're not running a Riken, uh sacrifice something small, sacrifice a flotilla, uh, stick something in the way that is going to... Force it to be targeted, or otherwise hamper Avenger or Demolisher. Quite frankly, his ability to get at your one or two key pieces.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's the point. Um, I, I think the key to stopping BT Avenger is exactly the same as stopping Demo. It's because it basically does the same basic thing. It, is you want to not let it go last.
0: Well, Especially pre nerf demo where, where demo could come from, yeah. like speed four exactly. There. Yeah, you're you guys are absolutely right, you're on the right trail.
4: It's to get physical, That's, and that works, or, or even you know, out activating them is helpful. Um, if you can, I mean, you can't really do that in a game, obviously, you can't change your list, but if you're trying to go against somebody's BT Avenger, I, honestly, I think the best defense against BT Avenger is to not give them a good target. Yeah. If, if you have an MSU and maybe you have a bunch of architons or a bunch yeah. of CR90s, cool, they can BT Avenger one of your CR90s and they get 50 points. They can only do that once. So if you don't have a lot of, you know, you don't have a big target that's got, you know, 100 plus points sunk into it, then they don't really have something to make all their stuff worth it. Uh, unlike Demo where it can just keep doing it to different ships, BT Avenger only really goes off once. Yeah, absolutely.
5: And really, it's it's just more like a, a standard ISD list at that point, too. Because if you have a, you just kind of look at it as just a regular ISD, and if you happen to get caught at close range to it, you just have to consider that it's gone, just with the Avengers. Otherwise, you should probably just treat it like how you would any other ISD. Like, how do you take down this big ship? Well, for me, I like, I like the small ships going around like an MSU list, like you said, Dane. I just kind of some nineties or some thirties, send them around the sides
4: and ship uh, away at that thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into the ways to take an ISD down right now. I mean, there's a lot of different ones. And- I think just just stay away from close range if yeah. you see boarding trooper and- Avenger, because if it doesn't get into close yeah. range,
3: it doesn't pop boarding troopers.
0: And and use and use small ships, yeah, like like transports. Like to me, as a guy that's ran BT Avenger quite a bit here. Um, what would be a pain in the ass for me is if I see you physically set up a screen of transport, especially if you've got three of them, and I got to physically try to get through those things. And if I don't get the accuracy, you've, you've fucked me. You fucked me hard because <laughs> then I got this thing blocking me and I somehow got to get around it, which I use George Rod for. But, you know, even then with George Rod, sometimes as long as you fly right, you can fly right past BT Avenger. Sure. So it is not unbeatable. Just use physical blockers. Get away from it.
4: and you know, have a plan. And I know Yeah, get the fuck away from it. You know, obviously it depends plan. on what your list is. You gotta do whatever your list is good at, but True. you know, you, you just can't let it you can't brawl with it at close range. I mean, that's not what you, but you don't want to do that against any ISD. Not
0: really.
1: Unless you gotta the, the only times you can do that is it's a it's a mirror match type situation.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which makes me think, just real quick, a general, I guess, counter to any list you're playing is don't ever get baited into fighting on their terms. You know, your list should have an idea of what it's trying to do before you go into any fight, before you even see what your opponent has, you know, and just do your best to make sure that you're always fighting on your own terms.
0: Absolutely. You've been reading Sun Tzu's Art of War recently, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Fucking, I think that's straight out of that book, actually. That's how you, that's how you get
3: good at Armada. You read actual war books.
0: Yeah, real strategy. This, this that's isn't a game. We,
3: we cut off fingers when we lose games. Like I, This is fucking real. I'm missing three knuckles on my left hand.
4: Yeah, but you deserve you go down all a of knuckle them. at a time. Well, yeah, dude. You dude, had
3: dude. That Bad witch does not kill you, makes you stronger. <laughs> <harder.
0: laughs> yeah. Those are Bill mm-hmm. lessons right there. I had to teach him somehow, the only way he would learn. <laughs> this is the only way you knew <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the only way I knew how to teach anybody so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alright so let's move on to the last part of uh, the Dodana's schoolhouse segment which would be opinions on the list does mm-hmm. anybody think this list is unbeatable or ridiculous or not even fun to play does anybody even know. think that at all no
4: Okay. so it's
0: no In the right hands, it's very
5: strong, but it's not unbeatable. A
4: lot of lists are very strong. I mean, and it's a fun list to play with and against. No, no, no. I'm not trying to – what I'm trying to say is that, like a lot of other lists, it can be very strong if it's built well and has a good player. But it's not unbeatable. Um, And it's a fun list to play with and against. The only thing I will say about it as far as an opinion, when you're playing against an Avenger list, and this is almost an Avenger Sloan list, you just are constantly thinking about when you get an attack like okay do i use a defense token right now because are they going to take it away from me if i use it or are they gonna am i not going to be able to use it later so it it, it gets a little like i don't know kind of gives you a headache trying to think all of it through when (laughs) when it comes time to use defense token that's the one thing i don't
1: like about it but
4: you know Tristan, matt brian
1: i'm more partial to Either BT Avenger or what I've been playing around with, we'll discuss for the regional stuff, uh the ISD two style Avenger lists personally, because I can get away with running small fighters in that group. But um once again, they're not they're not undefeatable, and you get enough variations of them because as we've just discussed here, you can have Sloan and BT Avenger, you can have Sloan and Avenger, you can have just BT Avenger. There's much more variety of ships you're gonna be going up against, and each one's gonna have slightly different approaches that are uh, Gonna be good against them as well as what they will be good uh to do to you.
0: Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Alright, cool. Alright, I think we've beaten this fucking horse to death. So let's move on. And now we're gonna gaze deep down. And we're going back with mama. Everybody knows Mama. We're gonna go talk with Mama Mothma in her glory hole.
3: Emperors made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. I'm gonna my load at the glory hole. my load
0: at the glory hole. my load at the glory hole. Welcome to the glory hole. Here we are. We're back inside. Uh, just to give you guys a look behind the curtain a little bit here. We're recording this section a week after what we recorded before this because we, s- we kept rolling with the episode and we started talking about the fact and Wave 7 upgrades, and it was just fucking mind-numbing. It was, it was brutal. And We were getting bored with it. We're like, nobody's going to want to fucking listen to this. So we decided to just cut the FAC out entirely. Uh, we're not even going to talk about that thing. There's nothing really that important in there. And for the Wave 7 upgrades, we're only going to go over about half of them. Um, and we're going to try to keep it tighter. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll take it. I'll shift it right over to Matt. He's going to start with the upgrades, and we're going to go through them. Take it away, Matt.
5: All right. Uh, so we're going to start off looking at the, uh, the MC-75. FFG was nice, and they put up a nice little preview article about that and some of the upgrades. So <clears throat> diving right in, we have the uh, the MC-75, the Armored Cruiser, and the Ordnance Cruiser. So the, uh, the Armored Cruiser, it's got nine hull, uh, three command, three squad, three en- four engineering. Uh, Blue, black for anti-squad. It's got, let's see, three blue, two black out the front. Three red, two blue out the side. A blue and a black out the rear. It's 104 points. Uh, Brace, redirect, two contains. And it's got, Jesus, it's like all the fun upgrade slots. It's got officer, weapon team, offensive retrofit, defensive retrofit. Ordnance ions and turbo lasers. It just—it's a—it's a, it's a fun-looking ship. I can't wait to play both of these. Um, and then just to talk about the ordnance too. Uh, let's see. It's got a single black franchise squadron. The—the uh, the squadron values two instead of three. Uh, let's see. The front is two blue, three blacks. The side is three reds, two blacks, and the rear is two blacks. The upgrade slot's an officer, weapons team, offensive and defensive retrofits, and two ordnance slots. And this comes out to a grand total of 100 points.
0: Did you mention the shields and hull?
5: Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, the shields are uh, four in the front, three in the sides, and three in the rear.
0: And this fucking thing has nine hull. Nine hull, yeah. i on both. Yep.
4: Um, it's also got a really nice uh speed or maneuver track here. I probably the most maneuverable for large ships. Um it's exactly the same as the Gladiator. It's at speed one, it's double click. At speed two, it's click click, and at speed three, it's blank click click. Um the big you know, the big thing here is that it does in fact go speed three, um, which which is really nice.
1: Yeah, just like uh, just like a Star Destroyer. With a little bit more maneuverability on the short side. I, I think what's really nice
4: about this ship, especially if you look at the armored cruiser versus the ordnance cruiser, I want to kind of talk about them separately. So, like, first the armored cruiser, uh, the more expensive one. This thing, to me, seems like maybe the best all-arounder in the entire game, I think. It, it's, it can do literally, I think, everything well. Um, it's got all the upgrade slots you want uh it's got a strong front arc at close range a good broadside. it can go well with Akbar, with with just about any admiral um i I think this is going to really see a lot of use i think both of them will but uh um, the armor cruiser i think it's a real nice thing that you can put into almost any uh, any list
5: oh yeah solid ship to build around
4: and then get moving on to the ordnance cruiser i think this is almost a uh I don't know, like out of a a rebel version of of maybe the Kuat or or an ISD-1, probably closer to the Kuat where you're going to want to get in close and and hit with some some massive double arcs. The arcs on this thing look like they're going to be very easy to set up double arcs. And it's the only ship in the game with two ordnance slots, um, which, you know, means when you get close, you're going to be able to do heavy damage. The negative side on this one is you lose, you know, the ability to do a lot of the long-range stuff. You don't have the upgrades required for that. Um, That said, it still has three reds off the side. So if you've got an bar list, this is a nice thing for the front of your gun line in case somebody gets in front of you. This thing can bang still.
0: Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And I've actually flown this thing a couple times, and uh, those arcs are, I mean, it's the easiest large base ship to set up double arcs, I believe.
1: Having been on the receiving end of one dropping out of hyperspace right in front of a star destroyer, it does pack quite a punch.
0: Yeah, and it could tank. It could tank the front of a star destroyer too, especially if you put Lando on it. It, uh, it really survives pretty well. Now that being said, its defensive tokens aren't super great, so you're really going to want to take ECMS on it. It's uh, it's got a brace, a redirect, and two contains, which you know, not super, but not awful. It. I mean, you're you're almost certainly going to want to take ECM. It's, some use it's
1: probably way. a little bit less tanky than a uh, MC80 Home One style of ship, but on the other hand, it definitely seems like it's going to punch harder. And the loss of that second redirect while painful isn't uh, isn't crippling given the the amount of other upgrades and offensive goodies that uh, you get instead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I and like the combo I just kind of mentioned, if you're taking ECM and Lando. It
4: almost kind of fixes those
0: deficiencies. Like those two things will really save your
4: ass. Sure, I mean you could try to do that with any of the really any of the defensive officers or other upgrades. You know, Derlin would maybe be helpful. You don't see him a lot, but you know, I think he could certainly have a use on well any yep. ship, but this one as well.
5: All right. So next, uh, we got the uh, the new squadron, the uh, the Mandalorian Gauntlet Fighter, and the uh, the Mandalorian Ace Gar Saxon. So. uh, these are coming in the Chimera pack. Looks like we're going to be getting two squads in there. Um, so let's see. They have a... They have a speed of four. hull of seven. Oh, this is the generic. It's got a... Uh, anti-fighter com- or barrage of uh, two blue, one red. Anti-ship of double blue. Which is nice. And it's got the assault keyword. So this is the, uh, the big thing. And it says, when attacking a ship you may spend one die with a hit icon. If you do, the defender gains one raid token of your choice. And uh, just to say how how raids work is, uh, when a ship has a raid token, it cannot resolve the command matching that raid token. When a ship with a raid token reveals a command dial, it may discard that dial to discard all of its raid tokens. Or it may discard a command token to discard a matching, matching raid token. Uh, the ship cannot have more than one raid token of any type. So it's gonna, it'll go in and it'll shut down a command at least for one turn. Uh, looks like it could ruin people's days. Oh, and then the oh the fighter to finish out the fighter. It's got rogue, and it is twenty points.
0: Okay, talk about the hero
5: for it real. Yeah, so Gar Saxon, let's see, so he has, same thing, four speed, seven hull. Anti-squad is two blue or red, anti-ship is a blue and a black. His special ability is when an enemy squadron with intel or relay at distance one activates, it suffers one damage. And it's also also assault and rogue keywords, and he has 23 points. Single brace for the defense token.
0: Oh, and, and yeah, and a single brace. And what's the what's the hull on these things?
5: He's got he's got seven hull though, so so I mean, even just with that single brace, that that should give him some stain power. He's got enough hull where he can eat those hits.
1: He's also only three more points than the uh, the standard, so it's one of those of almost in all situations. If you're going to bring at least one of these, you should bring the ace for the brace as well as that ability to run havoc on relay and intel ships.
5: I think it it's probably more of a thing on Intel because the relay ships, the uh, the shuttle and the Vcx both have pretty high hull, unless unless they have new ones coming out at some point. But really, it's the Intel. I think.
1: I'll say any extra damage on Jendon is good damage, though.
0: Well, right, but
4: yeah, and it, it adds up. The other nice thing is it it's on their activation, not on yours. Yeah, exactly. So if you move in and hit them. And maybe don't do enough and they have one health left you'll get them or if you see one that has one health left you can just move him next to them if they haven't activated yet then they'll just die on their own oh yeah um it's a lot better than than boba you know like boba fett's ability where it works on his activation because then they have to stay there the whole turn and with this the opposite which is, is a lot better Mm-hmm. all right well I, before we move on from this one I think the, the main thing we want to talk we should talk about here is is this assault keyword this is the main thing this thing is doing um we're gonna have to see how good this is on the table um it might be really crippling but it might also just be like sort of an annoyance to make you waste a token and maybe change your activation order which could be very good still um but i'm I'm, I'm very unsure on how good this is going to be yeah I agree I'm, I'm not so sure it's any better than
0: slicer tools or or even like because uh, you know the rebels have a uh a boarding trooper version of this jenner so i'm not so sure it's not better than champs and doula's ability so yeah like you said it's going to take some actual play to see what it really does
5: Comms nets are going to be a lot more important for sure i mean to get rid of those tokens
1: a pretty standard upgrade for the flotillas already though yeah i think the big thing is it has the potential to do massive hampering of a a, a, a heavy carrier ship because that's the one that you really if you want to walk lock down any particular command it's going to be a squatter command on a carrier
4: definitely i think that's definitely what this is targeted at i mean because none of the other commands or maybe maybe a nav command in certain situations but um i think primarily yeah this is to go after carriers and but people are going to know that this is available and they have carriers so they're going to just make sure there's tokens on things i mean that that may be what end up ends up happening it seems more like a nuisance
0: right now to me than it does like something that's majorly
4: yeah although you could maybe use it just to make them delay with their fighter activation i mean because you could hit them with it in the the squadron phase then in the next and the next ship phase, they have to go maybe with another ship first to send a token over, and then you can maybe activate this thing in your ship phase with something and do it to them again. So they have to delay again, and that could have some value.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the and the thing is too, it rolls two blues, but there's no re rolls with those blues. So you're also just hoping you get an accuracy too. It's not like this thing's guaranteed to go off.
4: Anyway. No, I think I think it's like a seventy five percent chance with those dice yeah. trying to get a hit.
5: Just, yeah, just a single hit, yeah, not an accuracy.
0: Oh, no, you need a hit. I thought you needed an accuracy.
4: No, you spend a hit. Oh, well, that's a lot better. And it'll be even easier with Gar and so another reason to spend those three points. Yep. Because that black die has more hits on it, obviously. Yep. All right, we good with that, then? All right.
5: Yeah, it looks like it. So uh, next we have the uh, strategic advisor. So its a uh, it's got the little bullet next to it, so it's a unique and it is a large ship only. And he reads, uh, when it is your turn to activate, you may exhaust this card to pass your turn. Your opponent activates a ship instead. This is an officer, and he's uh, four points.
1: I really like this a lot, coming from somebody who likes to play Star Destroyers, and if I can get multiple Star Destroyers in, this allows me to at least keep up with MSU lists as far as activation orders go. I like this a card a lot i think it's got a lot of use
0: it definitely does and to me personally it, it, it's a it's also a kind of another fuck you to the Reich and ace holes list too because what they like to do is outweigh you now you can definitely out, if you've got five ships you could definitely outweigh them with this if you have six most certainly like it gives you that much better chance for your big hit or whatever to get in there and get out last first
4: uh, and that's something
0: that A-Souls absolutely
4: doesn't want to happen. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of a big focus in this uh, in this in this wave. There's a lot of stuff like this to kind of juice the big ships and let them deal with the activation game a little bit, which which I really like. Um this this upgrade I think you're going to see a ton um I mean it's almost an auto include if you have I think if you have five activations in a large ship, you should have this upgrade. Yeah, I I totally agree.
0: Agreed.
5: The only thing the only thing about that though is it's it's an officer and that's a really that's a high value slot so you, it, it's only four points to play but you're also paying to give up something else though too
0: yeah but i mean that's everything in this game you gotta you know give and take if you want certain things so. yeah
4: yeah and i i think if you're in i think this is a card that you're going to want to look at your list and if you're trying to last first because you've got maybe a the avenger or something like that i think that's primarily where you're going to see stuff like this um although this one will be more versatile, but you'll see this, you know, you want to consider this versus price. And, and if you have enough activations that with this, you're going to out-activate most people, this is always going to be the better choice over price.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a lot cheaper too. Yeah. And if you're running a smaller group, like a couple ISDs and a Gonzati or something like that, uh, price might be the better option because at that point, uh strategic uh, advisor is not going to give you enough activations to keep yeah, up. For
4: sure. Definitely. All
1: right, cool. What do
5: we got next? All right, so uh, we're going to go over the heavy ion emplacement. So this is a, it's an ion upgrade, and it reads as, so blue crit. You may exhaust this card. If you do, the defending hull zone and each adjacent hull zone loses one shield.
0: And it is nine points. So this is pretty sweet. I mean, it's like... Uh uh, assault concussion missiles on steroids because it also takes a shield away from the, the, the hull zone you're hitting as well, while assault concussion missiles only take away from the sides that you're shooting. And for certain ships, I mean, there's more blue dice for certain ships. Like, this kind of makes you know, and it's funny to say it, but like, you could run an interdictor with this with uh, disposable capacitors and possibly do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> Because of all the blue dice and then the interdictor has a is, is definitely pretty, it's not difficult to line up it's double arc and it has the exact same dice out, out of both arcs so you, you i mean you got a really good chance of having the thing go off twice especially if
4: you got screed
0: it'll at least go off once
4: yeah and most likely twice if you're drawing three um the, the one th- i think the thing to note is the difference between this and, and acms or assault concussion missiles um which allow, makes them suffer damage on the adjacent arcs um this one only takes shields away oh, sure. Right. this will not put hull damage on like assault concussion missiles will.
1: i do like the ability with disposable capacitors to fling this at long range uh, whereas you can only do the acm at long range trick with sato basically
4: yeah and it doesn't really work out enough um i i think this is a really good upgrade to put on ships that have primarily blue dice and the main reason i say that is because If you've got reds or even blacks in a lot of situations, you're going to be better off with leading shots most of the time. Just just try and get more damage. Um, But when you're going to be rolling blues, you don't really need a lot of rerolls. And the chances of getting a crit when you have three or more dice is pretty high. So I think this is a good choice for the Interdictor, as Bill mentioned. Um, I think this is a good choice maybe for a CR-90B uh, or or a Raider 2 as well.
1: Interesting thought would be to put this on a uh, Liberty Star Cruiser with four blues out the front.
4: Yeah. Uh,
0: another one that I was thinking about actually even running this weekend, I don't know if I'll put the trigger on it, but the new MC-75 Armored. Um, that has three blues out the front, two blues out the side. While it has reds and blacks, um, that's why, and it's an upgrade we're going to go over later, the twins, Kate Kinn and and They You can have them and just decide what doesn't hit. Like, yeah. You're highly likely to have the blues go off, which is great. Then you don't. Then you can save cake and Sholan for your blacks or your reds. But if it doesn't, you can. You still have the ability to roll again and do something.
1: With it. Absolutely, and I always. Oh, I say, where you when you mentioned with having the heavy iron placements, that also allows you to get like a black crit or something for your uh uh, uh ordnance slot and throw. Oh, you're already using the quin, so that would override yeah. the ability to get the double crits. But this is one where all of a sudden you're opening the door for having multiple crits and having fire control team make any sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah, this could, this could be a fi- spot for Fire Control Team, possibly.
4: Definitely. I, I like upgrades that let you use crit effects when there are shields, because otherwise you're just wasting those those crit effects, which, you know, so this is nice for that.
0: Cool. All right, uh, what do we got next?
5: All right, so next is the, uh, the Wide Area Barrage. So this is an Ordnance Upgrade, two points, and it has, so it triggers off a black crit. If the Defender is a ship, choose one other ship or squadron at close range of the defender. That ship or squadron suffers damage equal to half of the total number of black hits icons in your attack pool rounded up.
1: So just playtesting around a little bit, uh, I was playing against a a local guy here who was running an MC-75 with this, and he successfully killed off uh, multiple scatter races, because this is not... uh, damage that you can negate so all of a sudden i had two extra damage on rudor and he's dead an extra random damage on Hal runner and she's dead mm-hmm. so this has got a lot of potential for a pretty uh, inexpensive cost
5: so uh, am i reading this right where it you just you just deal half the damage from of, of the the black hits in your pool to something else you don't have to divide it up so you still do your full damage to your original target and you're just dealing yep extra damage. That's correct. to somebody else that's close by.
1: Yep.
4: Ugh. <laughs> I think this thing really shines on the MC75 because of that other ordnance slot. You can maybe combine this with um external racks or uh, expanded launchers, but usually external racks I would think. Um and now you've got a potential, you know, you can roll 5 black dice, maybe one more with uh with the concentrate fire. Um, Although that still only gets you up to three, but you know, three. You're now you're talking about killing a scatter race outright that you haven't even shot at, or severely damaging a flotilla. Yeah, and then follow
0: it up with a ram on that flotilla.
4: Mm-hmm. Or if you manage to do this twice, although that wouldn't
0: work, never mind.
4: Yeah, because the side arc only has two blacks.
0: Um, and the
5: the, the person you're hitting, you're just dealing damage to them. It's not from an attack, so they aren't able to spend tokens on this.
0: Yeah, because it says suffer. Correct.
5: Yeah. The damage
0: just goes straight through that's correct okay
4: yeah it's like mauler 10 damage or a of strategist damage yep so like seems pretty cool uh we'll take wow. it for a spin here i See. think this upgrade is i'm not i don't i don't love this one i think just because of the opportunity cost i think most of the time i'd rather have a different ordinance upgrade but you know i, I think the mc75 ordnance is the only ship <laughs> i would ever take this on because i think External racks in almost every situation is a better choice for one more point
0: sure. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't okay
5: Uh, So next we have the early warning system It is a defensive retrofit it is seven points and at the start of each ship phase You may choose one of your hull zones and mark it with a chaff token Until the end of the round while a ship or squadron is attacking that hull zone the attack is obstructed after the status phase, remove that chaff token. And a chaff token is—it is just a token to mark a hull zone for the effects listed on the card. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, yeah, you put this on here, and you can make one hull zone obstructed
0: for uh, for one turn. Yeah, this is also this is also another middle finger to recognize holes, and even Sloan, too, honestly. If you struck it, most of them are only one die. So
4: it, it also works in some ACB, against some Akbar lists, um, especially if it's a CR90 one, because now CR90s aren't going to be able to shoot and then add those two reds out of the side. Yeah, the only one that
0: would, and it's still a great title. It's held up a long time. would be Jaina's Light. Yeah. Jaina's Light negates
4: this card's ability. Right, but that's better than <laughs> you know four others. So yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, that's one TRC-90 that fit you instead of three or four, you know? So that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, this,
0: like an MC-80 assault coupled with ECM, that's pretty pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, because I think Mm -hmm. this is going to give ECM a run for its money when it goes up against a squadron list because ECM is hands down the best if you're getting punched in the face by something big. But as far as little pinpricks everywhere, this is going to be fantastic, particularly if you've got uh, the ability to to uh position your ship in a position where you're only gonna be taking uh almost all of squadron damage from one particular angle.
4: Yeah, which I think is the easiest to do on something like a Star Destroyer where it's got that massive front arc, where it'll be a little harder to get around it. Um because you know some like on the MC eighty, you know, in a lot of situations, you know, you gotta pick probably you're gonna pick your side, but it's probably gonna be pretty easy for them to get either your front or your rear. So it's only you know, so there is some some negative there.
5: Even if they're doing that, though, they could be forcing themselves out of position so that they can't, they aren't going to be able to get the second, the next shot next round. Yeah. Per se. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If you're bombing the side of a Star Destroyer, that may put you in a position where you can no longer uh, get free movement by just hanging onto the front and uh, lampreying your way across the field.
5: <laughs> but
4: it's visual. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a really good point.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent visual. I literally had the picture of, of like a fucking lamprey on <laughs> a, a shark. Very good. You painted a picture for All me. those parasitic rebel fighters. Clinging to that <laughs> fucking <Galen> Haven. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, cool. Did we want to say anything more about this?
4: Nope. No, it. I mean, I think it's a good upgrade. I think it'll see use. All
0: right,
5: next. All right, uh, so next we have Ordnance Pods, another Ordnance upgrade. <clears throat> this one is restricted to medium or large ships only. It's three points, and at the end of your attack step, you may exhaust this card and choose one of your hull zones. Then perform an attack from that hull zone with an anti-squadron armament of one black die, even if you have already attacked from that zone this round. So you get to do a uh, a second anti-squadron attack from any round or from any uh, hull zone.
1: I'll say okay, this. This is going to be really fun if you stick it on a uh, Raider 1 with Callus and that one title that lets you shoot again. So all of a sudden you're hitting a single squadron three times oh. or f- except that you can't.
4: Damn it. Cuz it's a medium or large ship. I think the only ships that can take this are the MC75 and the Kuat. Is that Is there one more that I'm missing? Uh the Vic- Victory 1. The Vic 1 can take it too. I think that's it.
0: Yeah, I can't think
4: of anything. Yeah, I, I like this upgrade. And again, I think this is one you could put on one with two ordnance slots. But other than that, I don't, I really like this. I wish it was a different slot. This is a different, if this was an offensive retrofit, you would see it everywhere, even if it was triple the points. Um, But it's just really taken up a really, pricey slot the
5: ordinance slot is yeah yeah and not really available too right because like we just yeah no one has it
0: i feel like this one's very like meta based so if you're in a area where it's just fighter swarms all over the place you might take this instead of apt or something else but uh it, it feels
4: like very situational
1: it's another bullet in the anti-squadron chamber they seem to be uh, applying to this uh upgrade wave definitely I think the place to
4: put this on is like the, uh, the MC-75 armored cruiser. And when your plan isn't to get close anyway, so you're not maybe getting things like external racks or APTs where you're trying to stay at long range. Maybe you've got an act bar list and you're using this just kind of almost as a deterrent. Or if they do come in, then you hit them. But, um, and this would pair well with that. Uh, there's another officer that lets you add dice sort of similar to Callus, but works different, different way.
0: Yeah, sure. Alright, uh, we good with this one? Yeah, alright. So,
5: uh, next we have Instructor Goran. He is an officer. He's an Imperial officer. Seven points. While a friendly, non-heavy squadron is at distance one to two, it has counter one or increases its counter value by one.
1: So you're up to counter five interceptors now, I think.
4: <laughs> yeah, you can get counter five interceptors now with this. Which is insane and dengar right yeah well that's with dengar this and Howlrunner. runner Ugh. it is i put together a little list like that and i i think where this ship where this upgrade really shines is on a uh a quasar with with the stronghold title which also works within distance one to two and makes them obstructed so if you add this and that it makes your fighters now just almost invincible Especially if you got Dengar and Hall runner in there.
0: True, uh, I could see using that, but the Quasars are such fucking. They're squishy. They can't take a punch for shit. Like I would just ignore your squadrons and just shoot the Quasar. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Because you got to the you you almost get it to the point where it's it's almost I think we had talked about this before. It's almost like the flip of the Galen Haven Ace Asols. It, it's still not as good by any means, but like it's almost like mm-hmm. an real version of it. To the point where it might be you don't even want to bother attacking their squadrons because just like fuck it. I'll wait till the squadrons at least get away from Stronghold. Or that's it. They got to, he's gonna to have to get the squadrons away from that before I even try to mess with them.
4: Yeah, and you know, Stronghold's yeah. a lot weaker than an assault frigate is. No. But that, yeah, that's another thing too. Like it cannot
0: tank like an assault frigate can at all.
4: No. Um and and the fighters you're 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 really using this with aren't that dangerous to ships anyway. So unless you have Sloan, but even Sloan that... Sloan would be the Yeah. 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 Alright, cool. Anything else we want to say about him? I think you'll only see him in Sloan Lifts. You know, for the most part. That's where I envision him.
5: Next, we have uh, Captain Brunson, another Imperial officer. Uh, Five points. And while defending at distance one to two of an obstacle, during the spend defense token step, you may exhaust this card to choose and cancel one attack die it's it seems very situational
4: see i'm not sure how situational it is because i mean i don't ever think about this but like with a large base i mean how often are you in distance one to two of an obstacle <laughs> the answer to that might be most of the time and i just really don't know um do any of you guys like have an idea i never pay attention enough yeah
1: yeah, it's going to depend a lot on your, your obstacle placement style. I mean, some people like to just put them into the corners. Other people like to actually create a obstacle course. So if it's one of those, if you prefer to have them in the uh, field of play, um, I think it's got some real good possibilities um, because basically it's a free evade to any ship that's within uh, one to two, at least for that ship. Um, I could see you sticking on an Architon so you could do TRCs more uh, or stick it on an Interdictor um, that's already going to be playing around with um, obstacles anyway.
4: Yeah, I mean, this This could be really good on anything. I mean, what's really nice about being able to cancel a die even at close range is you can use this to stop, like, an APT or, you know, another crit effect that, you know, especially a black crit effect, so you're stopping two damage. I mean, if, if they've only got one hit crit on their demo and you cancel that one, you just stop three damage from hitting. With this, so if you guys
0: remember back to wave two, the main problem there was, like, turtling up. Castling—that's what everybody was bitching about at the time. Like, you'd get somebody with two ISDs that would just sit in a corner with a rhymer ball in front of them and just say, "Come at me." Would something like this almost revitalize this, especially with the revitalization of large-based ships? I don't know. Probably. I think. It, I think it might. I mean, he could be the linchpin for a castling list again. Yeah. And with Seventh Fleet, imagine, imagine him with Seventh Fleet. Uh, and a couple star destroyers that are completely objective based that wants to go second and they just sit in a corner or something.
4: It is
1: a possible go. risk. Uh, I
0: don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah, that could be a new bitchy list we have to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> it's it's making me think back to wave 2 and how much I hated playing
0: against those type of fucking lists.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Did we come to play or just sit here and stare at each other?
4: Well, if people <laughs> start playing like that, just berate <laughs> the shit out of them, you know, in advance. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, take the Take the ace holes, approach. Yeah, you can't go speed zero for more than one turn. It should just be a new rule that, like, a, like a, it's like an unwritten rule. Right. We've got to police ourselves with it. Yeah. All
0: right. Do we want to say anything
4: else about Brunson? No. It, no. no. It,
1: it's an interesting card.
4: Absolutely, I think it is too. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I think it's very good. I, I think I'll, I'll use it. And castle yeah. up and sit in the corner. <laughs> We may have to start clubbing clubbing you. Well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean this, this would be good for <laughs> Yeah, well this, this would be good for going out and banging too. I mean, as long as you're within distance one or two of an obstacle, yeah. which you know, this would be great for if you're playing contested outposts. Oh yeah. You know, you're trying to get there.
5: You know what shit would this be great on as well? The interdictor. <laughs> We're making the interdictor great again. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. What do we got next, Matt? Yeah. Alright. So, uh, next we have the, uh, the fish twins, Kate, Ken, and Sholin, Sholin, whatever. They're, uh, they're the, they're the two little white Moncals. Uh, they're a, uh, so they're, they're obviously rebel cause
0: Imperials don't like the, Don't like fish. Um, they're the gunnery team. We, people seem to be, re- people seem to refer to them as the twins. So from now on, yeah. Instead of trying to stumble through these names, we're just going to call them the twins. So they are—they're
5: your gunnery team, and six points. And their ability is: while attacking, you may exhaust this card to reroll any number of dice of one color.
4: Yeah, I feel like this is the card that veteran gunners should have been. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> this card is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like we came up—I think
0: pretty quick—we came up with an idea for a, a really possibly hard-hitting or at least a little more reliable assault frigate mark 2b in an akbar list and it just has enhanced armaments haitkin and Sholan, and um i think that was it right and besides the defensive stuff you want to put on it or whatever but this those two sure. things automatically that that thing with a concentrate fire dial
4: shoots seven reds seven, seven red, red dice red. yeah and now you can yeah. re-roll them all Four
1: or as many as you choose
4: yeah and that's pretty fucking cool. Well, right, and that's the key, is that now you can keep the, the, the two hits you rolled and re-roll the, the five blanks.
5: To get three accuracies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. yeah, obviously.
4: That's yeah.
1: right. But then you then you can leave really the yeah. accuracies and things. It's also going to be an <laughs> excellent choice, as has been mentioned on like the MC-75, or something that's going to want a double arc, or something where you're not going for the gunnery team approach.
5: Well, it is an exhaust, though. So you only get it on one...
1: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah, because you're losing your gunnery team.
1: Uh, use when needed, but break in case of error. That's true. Yeah, th-
4: right. And w- what I think is really nice about this is it, it, it allows ships that have maybe two different colored dice, specifically like the MC75, to you know use it for your reds or whatever at long range, and then as they get closer, maybe switch over to using uh, your black dice to try and trigger an APT or something like that. So it lets you kind of ch- pick and choose based on both the roll. And, you know, the situation as well, which is nice. Could we see more advanced
5: gunneries as objectives if people are, they want to throw these guys in here instead of the gunnery team?
1: I think with the. Or is that. Maybe.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Or is it just. Yeah. I think we were already seeing that before. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. anything that'll necessarily change. I mean, you mainly see advanced gunnery for like ISDs or MC80 death <clears> things <throat> type stuff, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: No. Yeah.
0: So so no, Matt. You're not going to see that stupid thought. Man, I have an original idea for once and everyone just shoots it down. How dare you? <laughs> no. Get back in your box. Yeah, sorry. We just shit all over it. Yeah.
5: I get to come up with this one segment and then you guys just go and shit on me. <laughs>
0: yeah, we did. Alright, shines again. Okay. the Last one.
5: Alright, so there's the last one here, Uh, Bail Organa. (laughs) He's so good looking, he's so swarthy. Um, He's a a rebel officer, seven points. He's uh, also medium or large ship only, there's a lot of that lately. Uh, And his ability is, after deploying fleets, you may place one round token on this card. At the start of the ship phase of the round matching your round token... If you are the second player, you must activate. If you are the first player, you may gain up to two command tokens of your choice. So he's almost an opposite of uh, Governor Price.
4: Yeah, and also kind of a hard counter to Governor Price. I mean, because if you're the second player, they're going to have to decide their round token after deploying fleets before you. So after that, you can then just pick the next round. So if they're trying to beat the Avenger You, you get to go first, and you get to know the round they chose, so you can choose the next one, and then hit them and boogie, hopefully. But, uh, you know, I think think this one's actually better than Price. It also allows you to maybe do, like, a token fucking list, but still go first in a round to kind of get a little bit of best of both worlds there. Yeah,
0: I definitely could see that. But going back to, I mean, what's more important to me is going back to how swarthy he looks. Like, (laughs) to me, Lando Calrissian is the ultimate, like, he will fucking cuck you. Like He will fuck your wife and turn you into a cuckold. I could see Bale being just as much of a cuck. Like He will cuck you. He doesn't give a fuck. He will cuckold you and fuck your wife. I think he could give Lando a run for his
1: money. I'll say it's the real reason that uh, Tarkin decided to blow up Alderaan. <laughs> I
4: mean, chances are Bale's already fucking your wife.
0: There's a reason you've never seen Mrs. Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bale's probably
0: fucking Tarkin's wife. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tarkin found out and he was pissed. He's like, make me a yeah. cuckold, Bale. I'll make you a cuckold. I'll cuckold your planet, you asshole. <laughs> so yeah, that's what he's best for. He's, 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 fucking, he's a cuckold. He will cuckold you. He's not a cuckold. He cucks. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, and according to this, he always comes first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's... Well, that's, I mean, that's the ultimate cuck. Like, he doesn't give a fuck what she's got going on. Like, he's just like, I'm in and out, baby. Sorry. I just did this to disgrace your husband. (laughs) And why do you think Price is so miserable? She's always coming last. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's just fucking angry.
4: (laughs) That's why she's always beating people up in that sex dungeon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Always (laughs) useful. Oh, very good. So, yeah, that's Bale Organa.
4: <laughs> All right, um, and you know, we just wanted to we wanted to cover some of the upgrades. But we kind of picked our favorites. Um, there was just too many to cover, and we don't want to bore the shit out of you with a bunch of dumb upgrades that we we hate or didn't like as much. So we'll kind of touch on them in the next episode, but mostly we're gonna just like leave the rest of them to to read for yourselves. And if you have questions or there's a specific one you want us to discuss, you know, in maybe the next episode that we didn't cover. Uh, shoot us an email about it and you know we'll look at it and probably cover it for sure
0: all right so let's move on to our final segment here which is how my rim tastes oh dear god
2: what the heck is a rim job oh why that's when you put your legs behind your head and have someone lick your
0: ass i can taste it in
2: my mouth it's just so big
0: all right here we are we're here and you're going to taste our rims we're going to tell you about recent gameplay but it's mainly just going to be tristan so tristan wasn't here last episode to talk about his regional experience so we're gonna let tristan wax poetic here and uh then we'll shut this bitch down so take it away tristan all
1: right so i played at the uh, michigan regionals last month and um I played a list that I had never run before, so keeping in uh, the uh, same uh, vein I did the previous two regionals at, um, this time I did much better. I wound up placing 8th overall. Um, What I wound up running was an Avenger uh, gunned up to the gills, an ISD2 variant. Um, I was running uh, Jared Gerard as my admiral, so I had gunnery teams, had iron cannons, had spinals, had ECMs for protection. Um, the whole bit, uh, every upgrade slot filled, uh, except for uh, the the offensive retrofit. The one difference I was doing was I went for a high activation. Basically, I went for an MSU list with a Star Destroyer. So on top of uh, the upgunned Avenger, I was running uh, two Raiders, one Raider 2 with disposable capacitors and overload pulse, and then a Raider 1 with Ordnance Experts and uh, um, external racks, basically as a uh, portable cruise missile. And then three... Gonzati's because you need activations in the background. Um, first game, I was up against uh, a player who was running a ISD, Devastator, Darth Vader, two gladiators, and a tie swarm for protection. So I way, 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 uh, out activated him. It's a weird list. Yeah, it it was it was uh interesting. Um, neither of the gladiators had demo on it, so um, the guy wound up playing. Towards the end, uh, or placing towards the uh, the bottom of the uh, the tournament, so I think he was a newer player or from not from the area. Um, needless to say, I slaughtered him, <laughs> tabled him, game over there.
4: Basically, you're saying you clubbed that baby seal.
1: Yes, yes, I did with absolute and utter cruelty because it simply must need to it needed to be done. It would start out with the rest of the regional. Here is um, I discovered it did very well if was able to out activate uh non-bomber list it was pretty nasty um moving on to game two i played brian brian talked about it a little bit uh but brian was running his isd2 relentless with sloan uh four gonzati's and then his defender swarm um i went first uh because i had a pretty decent bid here i think it was about 12 points for my list and uh we wound up doing um most wanted and interestingly enough brian chose my raider 2 and not my isd uh he made the tactical decision that he didn't think he was he was not gonna be able to successfully take down the isd whereas the raiders are pretty flimsy um and that wound up being the difference because he wound up winning by about 50 points uh 60 points i believe which was the raider um one of my big concerns going in was going up against a Sloan or a bomber list because the simple fact is I was running four ties as my uh, cap, just enough to harass for one turn, maybe two tops, uh, in which case then the fighters or bombers were going to be free. Um, I was able to knock out his ISD, um, uh, but he was able to kill my Raider two for the double points and then pick off a couple of my, uh, Gonzattis and smaller ships. Uh, my ISD got clear. Um, but in the end, it was very close. It was neck and neck. A couple dice rolls here and there. Uh, an approach from a different angle, um, and the result could have flipped. So, my concern in going, you know, with minimal cap against a heavy fighter list, it turned out to do okay. You know, it wasn't a win, but a five-six loss isn't the end of the world. Not at all. No, yeah, still in the heat of it. Yep. Uh, game three, I went up against a uh, modified uh, Haven Yavaris ace holes list with uh, uh dadana this one i wound up losing uh uh four seven which is again not horrible but i think the biggest thing here was he was able to out deploy me and so i wasn't in the best position to attack him and i chose the wrong angle of attack my uh raiders were out of position and basically kind of wound up flying into the fighter ball and then between gallant uh or between yavaris Yov- double tapping and adar talon they just ate the small ships like it was nothing. I was able to take out Gallon Haven, but hindsight being 2020, 20, I should have started turning a full turn earlier at his ships. So basically I, I lingered a little bit too long on my original course and even with JJ I wasn't able to swing hard enough to in essence dodge with the entirety of my fleet. Um hindsight also being 2020, 20, I should have also considered the uh let's just not engage approach. But um It is, as much as we talk about that being a really good solution against the ace hole list, it's still really, really hard to do because it's not the most fun thing in the world to do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. But you know what? Fuck him.
4: They're the ones that made it not fun.
0: True.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm totally fine with it now. Yeah,
4: I've definitely (laughs) come around on it. But it is, is—it's you you always look at it and you're like, well, maybe I can do it. You can't.
1: (laughs) Yep. I proved that one. Though so I have to say, running a high activation list with the Star Destroyer and JJ, um, that maneuverability, uh, I never lost my Star Destroyer this entire tournament. So I lost a Raider here or there, or lost a multiple Gonzades, but under no circumstances did the uh, the Star Destroyer actually take a ton of damage, which kind of surprised me. And in essence, most of my opponents basically said, okay, we're realistically not going to touch it. And so they just concentrated in taking out all my smaller ships, which hurt. But that's, you know, I can lose three, possibly four small ships, and that'll equal the cost of my one Star Destroyer. So it's an, interesting, uh, it's an interesting play all my opponents had.
4: Yeah, plus it doesn't really take away from a lot of your firepower. I mean, you're doing most of your damage with that one big ship. Right. And yeah, they're getting points collecting on the little ones, but they're not diminishing your offensive capabilities really at all.
1: Right. And the way the list was built, and the way I wound up flying, is the the Raiders are basically it's one's a cruise missile, the Raider One. Its entire existence is to last first somebody, and then just fly about its business and get the hell out of dodge. Um, the Raider Two with uh, the disposable capacitors and overload pulse. Um, once again, just to, most people know, but we're uh, we're gonna go over what things are. But disposable capacitors lets you shoot the blue dice at long range, and uh, overload pulse allows you uh, on a blue crit to uh, exhaust all your opponent's uh, defense tokens, um, they can use those tokens for that particular attack, but by the end of that attack, all the tokens have to be read. Um, it's exhaust, not spend, so you can't get rid of stuff, but when you pair that with Avenger and then preventing your opponent from using any of those tokens when the Avenger fires, it's a pretty fantastic combo that for most of Armada's existence hasn't worked very well, but I think disposable capacitors um, makes that a big difference. It allows you to actually stick that on either an interdictor, a VSD-2, or a Raider-2 and actually have some solid chance of getting it to, to pull off.
4: And is that mostly because of the long range? I'm assuming now that you can stay at long range and still do it and then you know, get the ISD in there afterwards.
1: Right. Because with the high activation count, if I can at least tag you at long range and then you have to fly into uh, blue range on the ISD... It was one of the reasons why I kept with the ISD2 was to get that mid-range firepower and uh, avoid going truly head-to-head with any other large ship if I could avoid it. Because at a certain point is you get enough fire on a star destroyer it's going to go down. But if you're able to stay at blue range and get all your dice in play, with JJ, you're able to dodge a lot of, uh, of uh, unescapable uh, positions. Interesting. Um, The last game I had, I wound up winning uh, 8-3. It was against another Imperial list. Uh, It was an ISD2 uh, moddy with pretty much everything. Skilled First Officer, Gunnery Team, ECM, Leading Shots, XI-7s, Relentless for the uh, quick commands. And uh, um, I'm a really big fan of what he had there with the Relentless and Skilled First Officer. Because what Relentless does, it it lops off one of your command dials. So instead of having three on the Star Destroyer, you now have just two. And with skilled first officer, which allows you to before you reveal the command discard the top dial, uh, basically turns that star destroyer into a one-command ship for uh, two turns in a row, which is a pretty fantastic combo.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's relentless. Is one of those upgrades that I find I put in. I'm putting in lists constantly, but I always end up, almost always, end up taking it out because I just need the point somewhere else. But it, it's really an excellent upgrade for three points, especially for new players. But, you know, I don't think it's an upgrade that experienced players should shy away from. I mean, it's, it's still very good to have two two command. That, that third command can be very difficult to, to know what you need.
1: I know a couple of uh, major worlds and nationals players and so forth have pointed out that when they're building lists for those big tournaments, they try to get into a situation where they're only spamming one command, maybe two at most. And that allows you to do that, but have the flexibility of doing alternating commands. So like every other turn, it's a navigate, next one's a concentrate fire. And then when you hit that bump where you wanted the other one, you burn your skilled first officer and set everything right again. And it it, it takes some of the uh, mental strain off. And if you're doing a big tournament, like what we wound up doing with four rounds, um, that can help a great deal towards the end of the tournament.
0: Yeah, that's very, that's fucking interesting.
1: <laughs>
5: By the end of those, you're, you're almost your own worst enemy, just with how tired and fatigued you are it really seems because everyone was burned out by the end of that i remember and nobody was fresh like especially not even the top table guys because they were just staring at at the table planning out their moves for all their ships and the extra pressure of wanting to still uh finish high and everything it was just sleep as a weapon sums it up well i don't know i just kind of rambled i guess (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) all right (laughs) No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Right. All right. So, how did that game turn out, Tristan? What, what it was. um?
1: I want to point you A3, finishing up real quick the rest of the list. He had a Gladiator 2, uh, Demolisher, uh, a Raider 1, uh, Expanded Rex Ordnance Experts, in a Gonzadi, and then a uh, small little uh, Interceptor uh, ball of Sutinir, Valen, Sienna, and a couple uh, regular tie interceptors. Um, once again, I had him way out activated and got him in a position where. Um, I'm successfully able to hit his Star Destroyer at medium range with my Avenger, move into double arc position, and then double arc him on the first of the the, uh, the falling turn. Um, I had a bid of 12, and I was able to, to bid successfully for a first player each and every round. And the ability to hit someone with eight plus, or excuse me, nine plus dice. At the end of the round or end of the turn, and then immediately get into a double arc on the next turn uh, was a really fantastic uh, combination.
4: Sweet man, yeah, for sure. I mean, that would have been a good list of to throw a strategic advisor in. I mean, that would have like really juiced that even one little bit more, or maybe allowed you to to pull a Gazanti out and increase your cap, um, whichever you know route you decided
1: to go. Right, and the the it's tempting to keep adding activations, and while that's useful. Um, it's going to ultimately depend on how many you're routinely going up against. Um, on the other hand, having a few extra fighters uh, would have been absolutely huge um, in the the two lists I played against uh, where it was Sloan and then the, the Ace Holes list because while I was able to, to survive decently with just the minimal cap, having a couple extra fighters just to tie up those bombers or defenders for an extra turn uh, would have made all the difference in the world for... Uh, keeping up the fight and and in essence keeping me from having to just do immediate cut and run Uh, because that's basically if you don't have a strong fighter complement and you go into that enemy fighter ball you have to hit and immediately get the hell out of dodge because if you linger you're going to die
0: yeah that's true for like every one of them you go against there
4: well cool well um i guess and Tristan, what kind of takeaways i guess from the list and the tournament and um what, what did you think about the list did you uh think it was good was it fun
1: yeah, I, I liked it a lot, and like I said, it did a lot better than my other previous regionals uh, randomly build before the regional list. Um, I enjoyed it greatly because even though I, you know, it's like a part of you dies on the inside every time you add an extra flotilla, um, but the ability to actually get a large ship fully functional um, was fantastic because we play the game for space battles, and what's more iconic than having a Star Destroyer wreck face the entire uh, tournament? Yeah. Um, as far as the experiences overall, um, I had a, a, did very well against lists that I out-activated and did not have Bombers. When I went up against the two lists with Bombers, I did decently, uh, lost both those games, but I was in a position where a couple tweaks or even a better feel for how the list runs um, would put me in a position where I could either flip those or even decrease the loss further against, like say, the Ace Holes list. Um, So it's one of those of you don't have to have heavy fighters to go up against them, but it definitely raises the skill level uh, of or the ability of know exactly what your list is and what it can do Um, with a high activation list with a large ship that can drop in and lay a whole bunch of hurt. You can go up against a fighter, a heavy bomber list if you can pick the right time and place to drop that in at high speed and can get the heck out. And once again, that's just something that's going to take time and practice. Um, but it's, it's a sign that once again, you, you, a lot of people have also been saying you basically either have to go no fighters or lots of fighters. Um, I found that having about four ties, um, is a pretty decent number for holding up for a full turn. Cause I was successfully able to tie up, brian's defenders for one turn by basically sacrificing my ties one by one in multiple locations across his uh um of his uh his fleet so forced his tie defenders to basically get locked down in separate individual engagements and against the ace hole list i had to force him to spend time eating through a couple ties and then having to choose where he was going to put his intel ship because otherwise he was going to have other uh, fighters locked into place so having while well, uh, while well, having like two fighters like uh shara and Tycho or sienna and rudar is as a nice little one-two punch there um having more fighters just period allows you to better blanket the field and limit the uh, uh benefit of intel
4: absolutely but you need to be fast to be able to do that i mean so you're not going to want to do that with x-wings or you know i think if you're, if you're playing rebel you want to probably use A-Wing for that for that role.
1: Right. A-Wings, actually, quite honestly, a, a little group of A-Wings, four A-Wings for 44 points is a pretty nice little cap if all you're looking to do is disruption. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, all right. So uh, anything else you guys wanted to say about Tristan's experience or anything? Otherwise, we're going to wrap up here.
4: Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm
0: good. All right, so thanks for listening, Matt. Tell them where they can find us and listen to us.
5: So if you want to reach out to an email, because we enjoy people reaching out to us, uh, the email address is o- O-R-J podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at the ORG Podcast. Awesome.
0: Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next episode where we'll go over something. Fuck, I don't know what we're going to do.
4: We'll do something, though. We're Before we hit, we release our next episode, we're going to have a, a little special episode here coming up where we're going to do an interview with uh, Biggs uh, from the Steel Squadron website. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Vassal and the Vassal World Cup. So That'll be kind of a special episode, um, not taking the place of Episode 3, <laughs> but uh, just kind of an in-between
1: episode 2.5 yeah
4: if we ever if we ever fucking do that one because <laughs> we be like yeah we've we've, we've now rescheduled it twice yeah we'll do so it eventually so we'll see
0: if it actually happens if it doesn't happen just act like we never said those things
1: i don't know what you're talking about bill we've said nothing here at all
0: yeah exactly all right well thanks for listening guys we appreciate it and uh stitches play us out
1: I- I'm put
2: cocaine in your way I'ma put cocaine in your way. I'ma put cocaine in your way. I'ma I'm, I'm put my dick in your mind, ass Put a molly in the ass. Put a molly in the ass. I just bought the molly. Now I'm trying to fuck my Cyrus. I just bought the molly. Now I'm trying to fuck my cyrus I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass Fuck Billy Ray Cyrus, I'm your daddy now I'ma put my dick up in your ass and it ain't coming out If you don't like what I'm saying now, I don't give a fuck Cause it won't change the fact that my dick is in your butt But cocaine will make it numb So I'ma put it in your ass with my thumb It's time to get freakin' Cyrus. We can have a baby and call him Stitch Cyrus I'm a dumb motherfucker I'ma fuck Miley Cyrus in front of a mother I-, I love cocaine Cause it got me feeling like I'm Superman I could have chose Nicki Minaj I could have chose Iggy Azalea I could have chose for Lopez But I'm fucking Miley Cyrus I just want the Miley Now I'm trying to fuck Miley Cyrus I just want the Miley Now I'm trying to fuck Miley Cyrus I'ma put cocaine in your ass I'ma put my dick in your ass I'ma put cocaine in your ass I'ma put my dick in your ass. Bend over. <laughs> Pull your panties down, baby. I- I- I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I- 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 I'ma put my dick in your ass. I can't pay your bills, Molly's right? But you can pay mine Straight up. But one thing that I got for you Is <laughs> cocaine all out of town I'm a drug dealer, baby yeah. You gon' be a drug dealer's lady Cocaine make a bitch go crazy. go crazy Cocaine make a bitch go crazy I just popped the molly Now I'm tryna fuck Molle Cyrus. I just popped the molly Now I'm tryna fuck Malasairas I'ma put cocaine in your ass I'ma put my dick in your ass I'ma put cocaine in your ass I'ma put my dick in your ass